Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, I have a extra special guest for you. If you've been watching this channel for any length of time, you know I have a special place in my heart for teenagers looking to do financial independence. So much so I gave away $1,000 here over the summer for book reports. And out of that, I have had a high school teacher reach out to me about financial literacy, talking about what we could do. Could I be a guest speaker? And I'm like, dude, let's get you on the Zoom. Let's, let's talk, let's inspire other teachers to think about financial literacy. So let's welcome Nate to the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very well. First and foremost, thanks for watching. Thanks for being a lo- loyal su- uh, subscriber. Uh, but really, thank you for, for reaching out. Uh, as you know, financial literacy is uh, a not a common thought uh, in high school, let alone by teachers or by students. So uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, of course, I will be a guest speaker or however we're going to do that in person or over Zoom. Sure. Uh, so take that off the table. Uh, but what are we thinking for a, a syllabus or an outline or, or where do you want to go? Sure. So I was actually working on it today. Tomorrow morning is my first class meeting. I've got the syllabus kind of put together. And uh, what I wanted to do was just find out from you, what would you include in a financial literacy course? Keeping in mind that uh, the students that I teach are typically from economically disadvantaged households. Okay. So they don't have a lot of background in money. Okay. They don't know much about it. All right. Um, so uh, what, what do you think you'd include? Well, for, first off, real quick, uh, next question I had from your, your message. You said a small school. How many students do you think you'll have in this class? So, oh, goodness, probably like 10. Well, you know what we'll do is you get me a number and I will give you, I will autograph books and send them to you for free. Oh, how cool, man. That would uh, be awesome. Yeah. That way they can at least have it. Maybe it'll become their book report or something, but give me a number. Um, I have at least, uh, I think I have 15 or 20 uh, author copies left. I'll, I'll sign and, and send them to you for Very the students. Cool. So that's cool. Uh, but now to your question. Um, when I think about that, there's a, and, and this is a full semester, right? So we're talking three, four months? Till December. Yeah. And are we talking five days a week, four days a week, three? No, with the modified schedule that we've got with the pandemic, um, I have these students two times a week for 45 minutes each. So I get them for 90 minutes. Okay. And I'll have the same amount of, you know, homework time for yeah. them about each week. Yeah. So I think the things that would be important, again, just off the top of my head, yeah. Uh, first is the importance of living below your means. Not, you know, especially if you come from, I mean, again, I was these students in high school, right? I, yeah. I had nothing, right? We were barely above the, you know, welfare line sometimes. Um, maybe not in high school. High school was better. Grade school was rough. High school, we were semi-okay. But living below your means is important, uh, but really defining what that means. Those are lots of sexy words, but what does it mean? Right. Yeah. I think given some examples of that millionaire next door is the best book I've seen for that. Um, actually I interviewed the guy, um, here in the last couple of weeks that wrote it. Uh-huh. Uh, that was cool. Another one is, um, 
the importance of automating savings, right? Got it. Um, because it, it, when we were growing up, people said it, but I didn't get it. But now right. with these apps and all these other things that people have, it's a lot easier. You know, just take 20 bucks and throw it somewhere in some other account you never look at. Yeah. And really what you're going to try to go through there is you can live on less, right? By, by taking 20 bucks or whatever, you can, you can get comfortable because hopefully they see that in the book is, hey, this guy, you know, got somewhere special, but it starts with he was fucking spending every, every penny he had and then he didn't and things got yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important. Um, good, good versus bad debt uh, in the simplest way is, is real, a real estate deal versus a credit card. Understood. Um, you know, do you really want to go buy that? Um, I don't know what kids buy these days, that phone or rims or purses or whatever they are. Hot Cheetos and Coca-Cola, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? You could probably do a, you could probably do a session on that, right? Hot Cheetos and Coca-Cola probably cost you four bucks a day. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. But you know, yeah, there, there's stuff there. And then the, the biggest one for me is, is, and this would be kind of probably later in the courses, Make sure they are comfortable with the math to calculate cash on cash return, right? And I break it down really simple. It's what, what, what money do you have to put into an investment? Now in real estate, that's closing costs, down payment, make ready. We can make that whatever you want, right? How much money comes out of my bank account? And then how much money comes back in every month or week or six months or however your duration? And that's your return, right? And then, oh, by the way, the bigger the number, the better the deal, right? Amen. Simply speaking. So, um, those are some things that I came up with just real quick. Um, I'm sure there's some others. No, that's, that's great. And that's one of the things that I was thinking of working with my students on is the basic math. Um, because, you know, when it comes to managing your finances, you got to be able to add, subtract, multiply, divide, do ratios, yeah. percentages, fractions. And, and those aren't like, that's not algebra. That's no basic computational Math. skills. And, and if you want to be, let's say a successful real estate investor, yeah. or really successful with money, you don't need a whole lot more than that from a math perspective. No. Yeah. It's just understanding the, the basic framework. Cause you could do the math on your phone. God damn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's be clear. They're not going to actually do the division. They're not going to break it out and do long, long distance or whatever that was called when we did that. That's not happening. Um, yeah, the other thing that I just thought of, and I think I may have lost it. Let me think, uh, kids, that, that, uh, math. Oh, I lost it. I'll come back to it. It'll, no worries, man. That happens. It'll, it'll spring up. Um, yeah. So uh, what, what are some things that you put on your, your syllabus that maybe it'll, it'll spark some things. So I broke it down into five or six different questions. Okay. And, uh, let me bring up what those questions are going to be. They're, they're very basic questions. The answers to the questions are going to be what we study, what we look for. And I think the first one, the first unit is what is money for okay. and how do I make it? Ah. Um, and so I kind of thought about going over, you know, what are the different uses of money? Because the only use of money they know nine times out of 10, or probably 99 times out of a hundred is how to spend it. Yeah. And they don't know that there's so much more to money than just how to spend money. 
Yeah, I think that's a great one. And I just came back to me what I was thinking about. Again, yeah, thinking about when I was in high school, all I knew was how to sell hours. I could take two to three yeah. hours of my time and I could go exchange them for five bucks an hour. That's all yeah. I knew, right? Um, then I learned, oh, by the way, I could be an entrepreneur and I could, I could go out and go door to door and sell painting fences or mowing lawns, right? Now it's service-based, right? I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to mow this, but it's 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks if it takes me 10 minutes, it's 20 bucks if it takes me two hours, right? But then you could talk about other examples. You know, you could ask them to think of people. Maybe they think of Elon Musk or maybe they think of uh, uh, Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg or whoever they're going to think of. I don't know who. Maybe they think of an actor. But again, even if they think of an actor, you can talk about different ways they're paid, right? Some of them get paid by movie. Some of them say, hey, okay, give me a, a stipend for the movie, but I want the back end, right? Yeah. There's lots of ways you can, you can slice being earning money right than just selling hours it totally reminds me of um kiyosaki's cash flow quadrants yep. are you going to be an employee are you going to be a sole proprietor are you going to own a business you're going to be an investor exactly i think that's right yeah and that's I think, a yeah i think you break it down for the kids right i think i think an employee sells hours generally speaking right proprietor okay you got a small business maybe you're hustling and you know mowing lawns or washing cars or babysitting right trying not to be sexist but whatever yeah and there's yeah. you know the bigger company okay maybe you are the main babysitter and you farm out to your kids or other friends i don't know and then there's yeah investors right people like buffett and musk and things of that nature so i think that's a cool one yeah all right so that's one that's a great idea i would not have thought of that if we were not having this conversation but the cash flow quadrant quadrant is definitely something we can include and yeah i think kids would get a lot out of that Cool. All right. So that's one question. So what's money for and how do I make it? Yep. Uh, how do I make it part? I really just want to talk about the value of experience and education um, in making money. Um, yeah. And because a lot of the, these students don't have an aim, they don't right. know what they're going to do and they don't understand that what they do has a whole lot to do with their quality of life based on how much money they're going to make. Yeah, you know, another thing you might want to work in there, and you sort of hit this after you ask him that question, is you could probably get the statistics between what's the average income of a high school dropout, college graduate, you know, and more, and just make, try, to, try to make that connection. Not that college is the answer for everyone, but it's a pretty darn good answer for most people. Yeah, it is. And uh, I'm just picturing the graph of, you know, those who have a college degree and their income up here, and those who have a college yeah. or don't, and they're income down here. Yeah. And, and then you could even go one step further and you could talk about them after 40 years. Lifetime right? earnings. Lifetime earnings or net worth. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. All right. So that was, that's going to be the first unit is what's money for and how do I make it? I like that. And then what do I do with it once I have it? And this uh, kind of gets to your point that you talked about earlier about living below your means. What do you do with your money once you have it? I spend it as fast as possible. What are you talking about? Yeah, they spend it before they get it, right? Yes. yes. And that's what most people do. They spend their money before they even have it. So we want to talk about budgeting. Like you said, automatic. Yeah. Automatize, automatize everything, not yeah. just savings. I mean, you can automatize so much. Yeah. And then, to, and then what I would talk about is, okay, pick an artificial number. It's a thousand bucks a month, thousand bucks a week, whatever it is. I would, the biggest thing I wish I would have done earlier is I wish I would have set my life up at some number because then as I got raises, 
right? If I made more, I could have socked all of that or probably would have given myself a little bit more, but socked most of that away, right? Most people raise their expenses to match their income. Right. And, th- and then it doesn't matter, right? You can make a million bucks a year, but if you spend 1.1, you're miserable, right? It's right. Yeah. yeah. You can make it. This is the difference between rich and wealthy, right? You can make a ton of money at your yeah. W2 uh, and then you spend it all. You're not wealthy. You, you don't have something oh. to lean back on because as soon as you're done working, you don't have that, those yeah. riches. Yeah. I have personally known people that made seven figures a year. Um, that we're bankrupt in two years, right? It's, it's, wow. you want to spend it, it'll go. Right, right. Yes, it does tend to go fast. Okay, so in that unit, I want to talk about budgeting too. Yeah. Do you think and, kids uh, get budgeting? I, I think we need a new word. I think budgeting is an old farty word for you and I and our parents. They don't, yeah. they don't think budgeting. Um, so we'd have to look up the Urban Dictionary. There's got to be a new, there's, I would use a different word. They're going to turn for the word budget. Yeah, I would. I don't know. Something's Michael, be. You, uh, you're living on the edge, man. You got to remember, I still have to be appropriate in the classroom. <laughs> I don't know what kids call it today, but I'm sure it's not budgeting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. Budgeting is not a lit word. Exactly. Yeah. I'll have to look that yeah. up. Yeah later there's somebody will leave it in the comments check back in 24 hours somebody will leave it in the comments folks tell us another word for budgeting because i'm guessing that kids are going to see that word and roll their eyes that's a yeah that's a great idea ask we can find out from others yeah we'll see what it says because this will be loaded in like 60 minutes sweet very cool all right so that's that one all right that's two that's two units two units down what do i do with it once i have it budgeting okay now here's where we get to what I'm most excited about and will probably spend the most time on. Well, I think I will, but I don't know if that's wise. So you tell me, I'm asking the question, how do I make my money make more money? Ah. And that's where I want to talk about yeah. different, invet- different investments. Yeah. I, I think the greatest question people, everyone of all ages need to ask themselves is how hard is my money working? Right. I think that's, I think that's the better question. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How hard is my or your money working? Yeah. Um, Cause if you think that way, then all the other stuff I talked about in my run through is important because yield is the variable that drives how hard your money is working um, cash on cash. So uh, I like that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just brainstorming, right? This is all real time folks. We didn't prep. We didn't plan this call. Right. <laughs> I like it. So, when I think about that phraseology, how hard is my money working? Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that most of the students I have, if I ask them that question today, they, they look at me and they'd say, Shankles, my money doesn't work like people work. Well, yeah, my guess, and again, I don't know your students. My guess is they would come back with, well, my mom and dad work 80 hours a week or blah, blah, blah. Right. Cause it's, yeah. it's the hours exchanged for dollars. That's what they think money is working. And, I think we need to reverse or we need to introduce just a new concept is, oh, by the way, your money can work, right? That was the big Robert Kiyosaki thing is if your money is not working while you're asleep, you're not rich, right? That's what the rich do. Amen. Yeah. Eventually you want to replace yourself with your money so that you don't have to work and your money does it for you. 
that's kind of the yeah. goal where we and that's the that's that's where i got to is right you have to set a minimum that's why i talked earlier about living on less if i mean kids today seriously if, if, if they live in fresno and they could they can live on two grand a month they could be financially free by the time they're 25 right maybe 30 yes the trick is getting them to think that big because because they just I mean, they think of $1,000 and they go, oh my goodness, that's so much money. And I get it. Most high school kids are going to think that way. Yeah. But you and I know that 1000 bucks is great. We both like to have it. Yeah. But it goes, how far does it go? Not far at all. Yeah. And so getting them to think like, hey, look, you can buy a house when you're 18. You don't even necessarily have to be 18. Yeah. And you can do it. Save up all your money for a summer, living with your parents at home, and then go, you know, get an FHA or whatever. Yeah. And do it. Absolutely. It can't be done. And so just getting them to think like that, I think, is as or more important than the actual financial concepts or skills that we're teaching. Then let's play with this a little bit. I like where we're going. So I would love each kid to create a, I don't know if you want to, a spending budget or spending limit, because I don't like budgeting. Budgeting, I think, is yeah. a new word. But like, how much could you live on? Yeah. Right? Think about your phone. Think about your meals. Think about your entertainment, blah, 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 blah. And these kids, it should be, it's probably 400 to 1500 bucks. I, I'm, it's not much, right? Yeah. But then, right, that's kind of like day one of phase three. And then yeah. by whatever, you know, however the syllabus breaks down, then we start asking ourselves this, how do we make that? How do you make 800 bucks a month? There are lots of ways you can do that. You could sell your hours. You could do this. You could do that. And so you come up with creative solutions as opposed to just saying, well, if you go to work and you make 800 bucks a month, what are you going to do with it? You're coming at it from the other side. Exactly. Right. Because, oh, by the way, some of them may say an app. Great. Well, let's talk about it. Let's create an app or let's do this. Or let's do that. I don't know. Let's see what, let's at least challenge them and, and hopefully one or two of them surprise us. Well, and you're tapping into their creativity then, and that just exactly. totally sucks them in and gets them engaged, as opposed to, here's a the- A teacher said. <laughs> right, right. Instead of the teacher said, it's the teacher asked me a question, now I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, and then everyone, well, that's what I would do, right? Let's just imagine 12 students there. Everyone will tell you a number on day 19, right? They thought about it, they talked to their kids, they, they broke it down, right? Have them answer the, everybody answers the same eight questions. Food, entertainment, clothing, gas, phone, whatever. Yeah. Have them add it all up. And okay, guys, that's your magic number. And, and if some kid's 600 and another kid's 1200, who cares? Yeah. It's the right answer for them. Everybody spend different. the next two weeks answering. How do we do that? Amen. I love that. I love that. Michael, I think you missed your calling, man. <laughs> been a, an economics teacher. I have an economics degree. I do. Oh, hey, me too. Yeah. Santa Clara University. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. All right. Went, so that's their third unit. All right. That's our third unit. Okay. Um, and I plan on spending quite a bit of time on that one. Fourth unit sure. is uh, who is Uncle Sam and why does he want my money? Yeah. <laughs> the greatest example of that is, um, and this is so funny. I would probably do this if it was me. So okay. there's a story about, a, a, it was a five-year-old. So these kids are a little bit older, but I think the story plays. You give, them, you give them an ice cream cone and you put on two or three scoops. Then right before they lick it, you take off the top two. <laughs> That's Uncle Sam. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's yeah, so fantastic. give them an ice cream sandwich or give them candy or whatever's appropriate. 
talk about it, then come by and whack. I mean, literally like whack off 30 or 40% and say, Uncle Sam, baby. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. something like that. Make it meaningful. It's got to be, it's got to be memorable, right? Somebody gave me an ice cream cone and then came back two minutes later and took half of it. I'd remember that forever. Amen. Yeah. That's a great idea. I could do that kind of as a zoom demonstration or have them do it. Say, Hey, go get, you know, whatever it is. And yeah, I mean, are, are you, are they going to be, is this going to be zoom based? Yeah, we're all, we're all digital. Yeah. yeah so if I were going to do it zoom based, I would do a Kit Kat bar. Right, because okay. it's easy to break. There's four pieces. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. All right, everybody, get a Kit Kat bar now. Take one off and give it to your cousin or your throw it away or whatever. Yep. And now you get three. Pieces. And those visual representations, I mean, they're honestly they're better for me. I get them better, and the the kids will definitely remember that. I like that. There you go. That's what I would do for taxes. Okay, so that's my plan for taxes, and then the the last one is going to be. How do I protect my money? There you go. Um, and so. So define protect for a high school student. Oh, goodness. Um, you and I know what that means to us, but what does it really mean to a? Well, I guess, yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. To a high school student, that probably means, uh, you know, put it in a shoebox in my drawer, especially for the kids that the students that I'm working with. That's probably what that means um, for some of them. Yeah. Maybe for the other half, it means a bank account. Yeah. Um, so I think what we need to make that is, you know, the problem with, with saving and being that person who lives conservatively is people come and try to take your money. Not, yeah. I mean, maybe physically, but that's not what I was referring to. I'm sure it happens. Yeah. Um, but you become a target for shysters and uh, people with bad intentions. Right. Right. That's what I would talk about is, oh, by the way, if you're going to be the successful human being with money that I plan you to be, you're going to have more money than all of your friends. And if you're not careful, they're going to bring you every Tom, Dick and Harry story trying to get you to invest in them. Right. right. How do you protect yourself from bad investments? How do you how do you know who's legit? How do you know this? How do you know that? Right. That's where I would go. So I was also thinking about using that as an opportunity to talk about insurance Okay. And not, not because, um, not because I'm an expert in insurance or anything like that, but just because I remember leaving high school and thinking, I don't know anything about a credit card and this is basic. Yeah. And then insurance comes along and it's like, there's no handbook. Actually, there is a handbook and it's in size eight font and it's 36 pages long and they hand it to you when you're about to sign on the dotted line. Yeah, it's like, I don't read that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nobody reads that stuff. Yeah. So I want to talk about insurance so that my students are aware. Here's a financial product you have to have, you will yeah. need, and it will protect you. So that was one idea I had. Yeah, for that. insurance makes sense, right? For cars, for houses. Again, we'll probably try to keep it simple. And again, I think the greatest example is, is real life. Okay, you own a car. Somebody comes by and smashes it up when you're sleeping, right? Protecting. What, what do you do? Yes. Well, if you have insurance, you call it up, you pay a deductible, it gets fixed. You don't right. have insurance, you get some cardboard and some duct tape and put it on the window. That's right. That's right. You know, a funny story. My wife and I were sitting at a stoplight here in Fresno. This was probably three years ago. And all of a sudden we heard this boom oh, and it was the car right next to us. He had been rear-ended by someone who they hadn't even tried to stop. Oh no. Well, so we look out the window about 10 seconds later 
we see the car that hit them start back up. They threw it in reverse, flipped a Yui and went completely the other direction. Oh. And I, I only had two guesses. Either they didn't have insurance oh, or guaranteed. they had some problem with the law or maybe both. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, have insurance. Oh, have insurance, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and again, I think we got to – I think I think that's – I think introducing the concept of some bad actors, because that's one thing that I learned with my MBAs. They're bad actors. I mean, the Ponzi scheme is the easiest one to talk about. Um, you know, I would probably do half an hour on Bernie Madoff, right? The, yeah. the largest Ponzi scheme ever. Again, yeah. these, are, these are things you have to realize are out there. There are people out there that are sweet talking, wear all the right suits, say all the right things that are just bad. Yes, they'll lead you the wrong way. And honestly, those were the six questions that I wanted to ask this semester and go through with the students. What am I, what am I missing? Well, there, we didn't talk about a checkbook. That is so obvious. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ability to know how to balance a checkbook is. Yes. So my plan was when we talk about budgeting, the okay. work you like. Yeah. Was to talk about budgeting, banking, okay. throwing their debit cards, just real essential, like, hey, this is, you know, this is practical everyday yep. stuff. I agree. Yep. I like that. So good. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, the another one is inflation. Oh, yeah. um, inflation is a concept I wish I would have known about earlier. Amen. You could talk about rent inflation, which might hit home, right? Their parents might have talked about it. You can talk about cars. And then you can also talk about deflation, right? Computers yeah. are cheaper now than they were in the past, right? They're, they're competing forces. Right. What else? Um, I was also thinking about um, the, the lesson of compound interest. Yeah. Read an article the other day about Warren Buffett and how he learned about compound interest at the age of 10 and how most of his wealth he's amassed after yeah. the age of 65 because yeah, it's just time. Yeah. yeah compounding so that was a lesson that I'll, probably when we get to um talking about saving and then investing yeah I'll somewhere in there compounding yeah the other one is um th this might be too much of high school um but you know what are the three or maybe for high school it's two financial statements right there's a balance sheet an income statement there's a third cash flow that might be that's probably too nuanced for high school students, but a balance sheet is your net worth, right? Right. right? Your, your assets over liabilities. And then your right. income statement is okay. How many ways are you making income and what are you spending? Right. If any of those numbers are negative. No bueno. No bueno. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. And, and for, for students with their budget, they can kind of look, they can relate that directly to. Absolutely. Cause once you have your budget, right? My, my number is 600. Well, great. Let's build an income. Let's build an income statement of 600. Yeah. Right. So that means you have, as long as your income is 601, you're good. If your income is 599, not so good. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. Exactly. Um, well, at some point, we'll, and maybe we'll do this later, we'll just have to talk about the, um, what dates you're available to. I could make myself available anytime. I, uh, I do nothing. I'm, I'm very flexible. Okay. This is, I like, I'm trying to help kids, trying to help the next me start 10 years earlier. Amen. <laughs> Very cool, man. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. So let me know how many students show up. Uh, it'll probably take me a week or so to get you the books. So, okay. but if you want, 
if you want to give me their name, first name, uh-huh. I'll actually autograph each book. And if you don't have the name, then I'll just, I won't put a name there. Oh, how cool, man. They will, they will love that. A quick story. I, uh, I read the book Drive by Daniel Pink. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do this thing where I send authors emails. Every book I read, I just send them an email. And what I found is that more than half of them respond. And yeah. Daniel stands out because he sent me an autographed copy. That's awesome. Like, here I am, you know, just this little teacher from Fresno sent him a two-line email, said, great book. And he goes, hey, what's your address? I'll mail you an autographed copy. It was the coolest thing. So that is awesome. for you to be willing to do that for our kids, they would love that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for reaching out. No other high school student has, or teacher has. Hopefully more do now. Financial literacy is important. Financial education is important. Let's help that next generation. I, I appreciate everything you do, Nate. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it, man. You got it.